Meglin here with Rachel Poley and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We are on episode 85 and this week's question is, should you create a world book for your novel? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show and if you enjoy our episode, please do give it a like. Okay, so what is a world book? Maybe you know it as a world bible, series bible, series encyclopedia or just your novel slash series reference book. I personally prefer the term world book so that is how I will be referring to it. So for those who don't know, a world book is where you store all the details about the world you've created, whether you use a notebook, online platform, or a Word document, whatever works for you, doesn't matter. Now, if you are a fantasy, sci-fi, or historical fiction writer, you may be more used to creating a world book, or at least have heard of it, than if you write, say, romance, for example, or horror. This type of reference guide is a lot more in-depth than the usual information that you create. Obviously, most writers will be used to character profiles and things like that, where they list information about their characters, appearances, homes, hobbies, virtues, vices, etc. This is different. This is where you literally track your whole world. Mostly. Obviously, we're not going down to the minutiae, but mostly. I want to throw in a quick disclaimer here and say that I have never heard of a world book before until Ari suggested it as a podcast episode, in which case I needed to Google it. And because I've never heard of it, and I don't typically write fantasy, I've dappled in it a little bit, but you know, that's not usually my forte. So I've never created a world book before either. So I'm just as new to this as some of you might be. But I think no matter what genre you're writing in, especially Especially if you're creating like a fictional world like for for me for example I write cozy mystery but it is set in a fictional place like I don't have it based off of like a real area so I think it probably would be helpful for me to create a world book even though life is similar to how it is in the real world but there's still different areas and rules and stuff that like my characters have to follow because there's paranormal elements and stuff to it as well so I'm just gonna sit back and listen to Ari talk about creating a world book and start taking notes (laughs) Uh, out of curiosity Had you heard of any other term like Bible or novel Bible or any of those? Was it just world book that was like, what? No, I've only heard of people making maps. Okay. That's it. (laughs) Which maps are probably a whole nother topic for another day. And I've seen programs that help you create maps for your books that, sorry, I can't think of the programs at the top of my head, but I've also seen people like hand drawn them and stuff. And yeah, like, because I know like world building, you create the culture, you create magical elements if that's in your book and you do so much else, like the food that they eat, the currency that they use. But in terms of like world, like creating a world book, I've just been like, oh, people make a map and that's it. Everything else just goes in their notes, which is what I normally do for like my own novels. But like, I don't think that people actually sit down and create a Bible or an encyclopedia, as you said. Yeah, I can understand that. And I think I think if you're basing your story in a, a real existing place, you probably either don't need a world book or you don't need a very intense world book. For stories like yours, where it's it's set in a sort of reality, like similar to ours, so it would have the same sort of transports, building materials, you know, physics and things. That's understandable. But as you said, it's still a fictitious town and there's still other things. So a world book would definitely be useful for, for that sort of story, definitely. Even if it's just like tracking events and everything, as well as locations and, you know, the odd paranormal thing in there. So yeah, definitely, definitely a possibility. You know, you might end, end this episode by going like, I'm going to go make a whole world book. <laughs> Yeah, because I need more distractions from my actual (laughs) writing. 
Oh, it's a great distraction. You can spend ages. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna add a quick thing. A world book is not the sort of thing you create in one sitting. It is also not the sort of thing you create completely before you start writing. I know some people will create their character profiles before they start or write at the beginning. A world book will grow. It's definitely something that will you will build on. And as you get through your series you will probably find you're adding more and more to it. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go and make a world book, I'm just going to sit down and do it in like a day. No, especially if you're writing either high fantasy or just you know traditional fantasy, we've got a whole different world. It's going to take time. And that's okay. It's meant to. It's meant to be quite in-depth. So with that said, what could you include in your world book? Everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything and everything you can think of so that you don't have to do the actual writing. <laughs> I feel like I'm being uh, called out right now. <laughs> and I. No, I'm just uh, being a bad influence on <laughs> absolutely everybody. Oh, yeah. So, world books are especially important if you A, create a whole world, and B, if you are writing anything longer than a single book, especially if you're going like multiple book series. But to be honest, even a duology and a trilogy, it might be a good idea to at least have a world book. The longer the series, the more important it is to keep a world book because you're going to keep your details organized and an easy reference. And it's all about helping you be consistent throughout your novel. So if we take me for an example, I write traditional fantasy, which includes a whole fantasy world and a few things I would include. And this is a few, you should see my world book is massive. So I would include locations and that can be everything from different lands and realms to cities, towns, villages, and natural areas, such as mountains, lakes, and canyons, and that sort of thing. I would include systems of governance. That's a big one. So that is who rules the world. Is it a king, emperor, committee, religious sect, cult? Are there several areas, all with different types of governance? And also you can go deeper, local governance. How are the small towns and villages being run? And who do those people refer back to? So I like to come up with how the how the governance is, is created on the on the world and then sort of create the hierarchy from that. I like to go into economics and currencies, things like production, distribution, consumption of goods, what those goods are, especially if there's different areas that do different things. You know, you might have a, a town that's very heavy into weaving, another one that's got like just mainly grapevines. So they, they're the ones who produce the whole area's wine collection. Collection, is that right? <laughs> Probably not the right word. How do people assign value? Have you got a, a set of people who, you know, are all about the beauty of art, whereas other people are like, you know what? The food on the table is a bit more important. So you got to think like that. And of course, different currency denominations. It can depend on what sort of place you have. You know, obviously people can just create the same thing. You know, they can have like currency that's just, you know, one pence, two pence, three pence, that thing. You can have, you know, your gold, silver, bronze marks. There's lots of little things. Or you can have something a bit different that's connected connected more to the world you make you know currency could be magical spells could be shells if you're got a lot of sea folk things like that so see i got i got really sad into the deepness of it other things you can think of is types of travel does everyone ride a horse are there carriages are there combustible engines underwater trains airships dragon carriers you know, how do people move around? And not just that, how do different types of people move around? Because royalty will probably travel differently than the poor peasants who are working the land. Are people allowed to travel? Are there taxes on the roads? Are there certain areas where certain groups of people are not allowed to travel? Hierarchies is a good one. That can cover many things. Hierarchies within family groups, tribes, within specific occupations, within the ruling families, you know. And obviously a big one is magical systems because most fantasies have some form of magic. So, 
you need to think about what type of magic your world has, what rules there are that define it, and there should be rules. Please don't just make magical systems that are like, poof, everything, unless you've got like a whole set of genies. But even they've got rules. <laughs> so that's, honestly, that's just a few things. But you just want to think about the world in general, how people live their lives, how people interact with other, others, how people deal with conflict. You go into social, socioeconomic issues, class issues. There's so many things. And it sounds quite intense. And it is. <laughs> Which is why you do it slowly. <laughs> you build it up slowly. You're not expected to just, you know, do it in seven days. <laughs> Good one. I like that one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was great. I appreciate that joke. Uh, challenge accepted, though. I'm going to create a world book in seven days. <laughs> Just to prove that it can be done, like, do it all. I actually have a question. Obviously, you said that, like, everything that you just listed and explained, that's only just, like, a little fraction of some of the stuff that you include in your world book. There's obviously a whole lot more that you can include, or you can include less. But my question is, how do you decide what you need to know? Like, I assume, like, I assume you don't just sit there and create your world book within seven days and then start writing your novel. So... Do you write it and then something comes up and you're like, oh, I need to figure out how this person is going to pay for this object and what it's worth and how much the currency is worth and blah, blah, blah. And then do you like take a break from your writing and you work on your world book for a little bit? Or how like how do you decide what you need and what you don't? I think I do the main parts first, the obvious things like who who is ruling the world, how the world is set up. The Blessed is broken down into lands. So you've got different lands that like the where the, the mountain king lives and he has obviously the giant mountain with the mountain palace built into the side of it. We have a floating city above. That's a sort of a totally different group. We've got the sea cities. We've got the, you know, everything sort of broken down into different types of land. So I already knew I needed to figure out how that would work. And obviously each one is different. So there's different types of people on there, different requirements, different types of currency and different types of travel. Because obviously if you're in a flying city, you know, you're probably not going to have regular horses running about up there. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. My, I don't. <laughs> Things like that. I guess this. <laughs> exactly exactly really horses definitely and that so anything like that that I already knew before I started writing I would go into detail with that again like the magical system I had a very specific idea of how the magic would work so that was created and some of the hierarchies and then as I was going through because it literally the story travels between several different realms through different characters and I found that like I had to remember things like how was the palace laid out and what sort of people work in the palace who is going to interact you know like if, if I've got someone trying to sneak out of the palace or sneak into the palace who are they, who are they going to see you know are they going to be footmen are they going to be chambermaids ladies in waiting or how type of guards there are are the guards on the inside how many guards are in the bailey and all this sort of stuff and it's weird because you do get a bit obsessive so then you start adding those bits in and um so yeah i think you get the basics down and you put as much detail as you can and then as you start writing the story you might come up with something going like oh how am i supposed to make this main character go from this piece of land all the way over here to have this interaction that's a really big distance Right. Do I want to give them a special type of horse? Do I want to give them a dragon? Do I want to have them going through this weird mystical tunnel? And then that becomes a, I'll just add that as a note to my world book. <laughs> and then I might, after I've finished that writing session, you know, by putting in brackets saying, figure this out. I may go and spend some time on my world book and spend time figuring it out, describing it, working out the details. And then I can go back and I can either insert it or maybe on the next pass. 
I can insert it then. So it's a that's how I kind of do it. I, I get the main things down. It's very similar to a character profile. You know, you get you know the the hair color, eye color, skin color, their body type. You know, most of the likes and dislikes, who their family are. But then you might realize, oh, sure, they've got a bit of advice that I didn't know about, or oh, I need to add it like a lost lost uncle. So you go back and you add those bits in. So there is a lot of backing and forwarding. But I think certain things, as long as you have a basic idea of your plot and you outline, I think a lot of it is already kind of in there, and then you build it up slowly so you might have your hierarchy because I have a ruling hierarchy with my royal cast and even within that I kept having going back and going oh I've just realized something I'd go back in and slot something else in so yeah hey, that that makes sense it's kind of what I figured like it because it does sound similar to a character template but yeah. there's obviously way more information that you can add to this as opposed to a character template <laughs> <laughs> so many things you just don't realize like I said, I was dealing with transport and I was like, yeah, you know, they'll have these types of horses or, or steeds or anything. And it's like, well, do these people with this kind of ability, do they have different types of steeds? And what about coaches? Surely there's going to have to be people who need bigger areas or like if they're transporting livestock, how do you transport livestock? If you take it from one land to another, you know, it's like that there's no combustible engine. So how are we going to transport that? Is it going to be like a giant cattle drive across the world? And that? So you do start thinking of these things. Well, yeah, because even just by you explaining that, you made me realize, because you also have to factor in time, because as you just said, some might be faster than others, but then also weather too, because not everywhere goes through the regular four season cycle or anything like that. Places get more rain than others, or you could probably create your own type of weather. Exactly. I don't know what it would be or how, but hey, let me know in the comments. (laughs) (laughs) Odd weather. You honestly can get down the rabbit hole, but it's a brilliant thing to do, but it can swallow you whole. So with that said, actually, one of the quick points I want to say, I do name most of my towns, cities and natural areas uh, and anything like that. And I will go into a bit of detail. But if I know I'm only going to mention some of these things in passing, you know, where you go, oh, you need to travel over to the Wolf Fang Mountain, you know, in the north. And that is the only time we're ever going to deal with it or they're aiming for something or crossing a lake or something. I'm not going to go into excessive detail because that's just unnecessary. However, if my characters are going to be in that specific area for a long time if that has a really important point to the story or if there's a big you know event connected with it whether it's past or present some like cataclysmic event that happens still sending ripples through the world i'll probably go into more detail so i can use that but obviously you know you're not going to create a map put a hundred women towns on it and then go into massive amount of detail about who runs that town and what they're best for if you're never going to pass them (laughs) you know if you're if you're literally driving your characters and they're like oh look there's gray town and that's it that's it they they mentioned it once as they carry on (laughs) it's like you don't need to know everything about gray town you might not even need to know the name either because i know i've read a couple of books where person or a place has been mentioned by one of the characters and then i tuck it in the back of my mind and i'm like oh this must be important later and then we never hear about it again (laughs) yes yeah there's like that fine line about knowing what information you want to share with the reader and also what information is important to make the plot move forward and to develop the characters so that the story can continue yeah definitely because it can, you can end up bogging people down and i think that's where it, there is a worry that you know if you create these world books you put a lot of detail down that you'll feel the urge to like well i might as well tell everyone about it it's like nobody needs all that <laughs> so in which case it comes to the, the next question why do you need this much information and you're probably out there going you don't Ari. you, you just don't 
But, okay, so it's true that you will create more information than you will actually put in the novel. And to be honest, we all do that. You know, whenever you're doing any novel writing, you come up with character details and things. You know, you might have the family tree that we never touch on. So you're always more likely to create information that you're not going to put into the novel. However, these intricate details and the world book and everything add a depth and a flavour to your novel that can make the experience for a reader a lot more immersive and give you a bit more scope, depending on how big your series is or whether you decide to do spin-offs. I've seen that where they've they've touched on like a, one, a couple of areas very lightly and then the book has had a spin-off. We've followed a different character like on a totally different thing and they've gone back to those areas. So it does give you a bit of, bit of leeway with that. So, but what you need to think of is any epic or high fantasy series think about the detail the different cultures languages hierarchies you know we always go back to you know the favorite lord of the rings and the worlds that tolkien created and they were a pretty rich tapestry and to be honest i don't think that peter jackson would have been able to do what he did by putting them on the big screen if tolkien hadn't have put such detail into those but i think that helped to sort of visualize it and then put it out on the big screen and if you haven't seen the films why have you not seen the films go and see the films so I was just going to say, I really need to watch those movies again. It's been too long since I've seen them. But I also need to reread the book. I've only read the book once. Have you read the book? Yeah, I've read it a few times. I read it once years ago. I think I started with The Hobbit when I was like eight. We got to read The Hobbit, which I love. I did not like the movies, though. Point that out there. I don't think it needed three movies with a book from The Hobbit ridiculous little cash grab didn't like it yep but uh i read lord of the rings but it's been a year it's been years since i've read it too so yeah i could do with pulling out and uh, give me another good read it's a heavy read though oh god yeah but i mean as we as you just explained like he put so much detail into it and i think there is you know you you just explained beautifully why you need this much info and you might not use it all but it's good for you as the writer to know so that you can be on a totally different level with your world than the readers are because that's kind of how it's supposed to be you you want to carry the readers through this journey but i'm gonna go back to your seven day joke here you're like god when you (laughs) i mean like you're supposed to know everything and you're supposed to know way more than the readers you're supposed to know more than the characters even though the characters tend to write themselves nine times out of ten and but there is this fine line of info dumping Yes, yes. You really need to like figure it like as you're writing, you really got to figure out, is this pushing the plot forward? Is this developing a certain character? Is this giving the reader any value whatsoever? And if the answer to any of those questions is no, then you probably don't need to explain it. Or maybe you do, but that particular scene isn't the right time. Yes, yeah. I also find it's interesting with with the world book because I think people sort of they create their world book or world bible or whatever you want to call it and then they're so eager they put most of it in book one but again if this is really for someone who's writing a trilogy or a series that information should be filtered through I, I've read books where the first book the magical system I still didn't fully get it by the end of the book in fact it was like book three before the, the writer finally gave us enough detail for it to go oh that's what that means it did not detract from the book at all the books I should say it still was a brilliant read and I didn't I didn't sit there going oh I'm not reading the next book because I don't fully get this 
magical system because well no it's going to take a bit of time you know the, the writer the, the writer didn't just like info dump all this is how the magical system works and all the full details it's like no we don't need that you know it just it comes in pieces and it's fine so yeah def- definitely <laughs> definitely don't info dump although i have to say we we obviously know more about our world and so we put all this information down there is something you could do especially once you finish the series i'm getting way ahead now way ahead so you finish your series you could publish your world book if you wrote a high fantasy if you had a detailed book that explains so much stuff that explained maybe past events that went through the details of the world there are people who've done that there are writers who have created sort of like companion book like a companion handbook that literally allows you know people who really love the world to get in inside information about how things work and, and like maybe maybe parts of the the past that they didn't know about or further histories or you know how did they come to have you know the mountain have this name or something and they actually do that and people will buy it people get excited about this extra content and you could do it for free you could do it as a giveaway you could just sell it as a, as a separate book you know as part of a package if you did the set as together you could have that as a oh, buy the whole set together and get this one free at the end you know as a companion so it could be a marketing thing as well always thinking you see always thinking about marketing <laughs> never goes away that's that's really true though i mean you you think i'm going to use harry potter as an example but i mean like harry potter's textbooks are published i mean and people buy those and it's not even sometimes it it might not even be the fact that people want the extra information they just want to collect these things yes. like that's how much of a fan they are i did not know that about the textbooks i i, I knew that some of this stuff would come out but i i had no idea about that so yeah yeah like tales of beetle the bard and there are a couple of others that are published that's, that's I mean, crazy I, I will put my hand up and say that i i bought a box of um <laughs> starship enterprise blueprints when i was younger it was absolutely full it was a big big and it was full of like a2 size <laughs> giant blueprints of the uh, I think it was a different the different um, enterprises as well but I think it was mainly Enterprise 1701D I did buy that and I, I even I don't know why I did because it's not like I was like oh, I'm going to be an engineer and you know with the idea and I don't even write sci-fi as much as I used to so but I, I really really wanted them so people do buy stuff weird like that yeah no they do I mean I have the maps of the Pokemon regions it's just it's just things like that like it's I don't know what it is about them that's it it's that's it it's almost like a type of merch you know whether you wear the t-shirt or whether you have the blueprints or anything like that maps of whatever it, yeah so don't sit there thinking oh I've got to build I've got to create this world book and it's going to take ages it's like yeah but it might be another source of income or not always having to make people pay a, a freebie or a giveaway or something that just really connects you with your fans like, that's awesome or even if anything else just just share it to just to be like do you realize how much work i put into this damn thing <laughs> yeah you want to get it by it was like, rights <laughs> i deserve validation for all my time yes exactly <laughs> that's it's it, it, it's why we it's why we do this it'll eventually pay itself back all that all those hours all those days months but yeah so just to recap if you are a fantasy writer especially if you are a you know traditional fantasy writer where you've set up a whole new world um 
you know, or if you do a high fantasy or epic fantasy, it's a very good idea to create a world book to build up details about the world, how it works, what's in it, who you're dealing with. You know, it can help you build up your characters at the same time. Take your time with it. Don't rush it. This is not a one or two day job. Believe me, it is not, especially if you do write high fantasy or anything quite intense that spans longer time frames or large areas. And even as Rachel said, even if you don't write fantasy that sets in a whole new world, if it's just like reality based, they can still be very useful, you know? And it doesn't always have to just be text. You can add maps, you can add blueprints, as me again with my blueprints, you can add like the layout of an office or of an apartment, you know, the layout of where some of the main areas are, where any massive events took place. There's so many different things you can put in. And obviously you can always slot your character profiles in there as well. Just make it a huge, huge book. Perfect. So, <laughs> And it is always a possibility to use it as a marketing tool or to connect with your fans or as a giveaway. So, you know, don't think of it as a waste. Think of it as a brilliant procrastination tool to stop you from writing. That's what I use it for. <laughs> okay, now it's your turn. Do you create a world book? for your novel or do you think you will we'd love to chat about it so tell us your answers in the comments or over on twitter using the hashtag at the mirror writer podcast we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you want to get some extra content check out our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the mirror writer podcast you can support our show for as little as one dollar a month and get some extra bonus content tune in every wednesday for a new episode where we ask all the right questions thanks for listening bye bye this podcast is brought to you by stuffed bookshelves our tbr piles are huge The music, titled Inspired, is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.